Hey there, welcome to Librarian Anna's Reading Guild podcast, your monthly invitation to get cozy and dive into a new book every month. I'm your host, Librarian Anna, and this month we're talking about The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. This is a wintry, locked room-esque mystery novel that either will keep you on your toes or will have you figuring out the plot in just a few chapters. If that catches your attention, grab your cup of cozy and let's dive in. This podcast is brought to you by the Librarian Anna Collective, your one-stop shop for cozy literary and liturgical lifestyle content and community. Come join us today over at patreon.com slash librarianana or follow us on Instagram at thelibrarianana. Stay cozy and hope to see you soon. I'm not sure if you know this, but January in Phoenix, Arizona is an experience. I feel like my system is in shock every single time I get to experience it. Like, it's chilly with the highs being in the high 50s and low 60s most days, but the sun is out half the time and everything is blooming and coming back to life especially after the rain. After being in Flagstaff in Colorado for the last decade, it's a huge change. Growing up in North Carolina had some similar temps, but with the humidity, it made it so biting cold all the time and everything was just dead, so it was pretty depressing. But every once in a while, I do catch myself missing the snow of Flagstaff in Denver, but then I remember having to walk in it or shovel snow or deal with ice and sub-zero temperatures with the wind chill, and I decided that I'd rather experience the snow through the pages of a book. Which honestly is why The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley made it onto our list for this month. Taking place in an isolated hunting lodge in the Scottish Highlands just before New Year's, this book becomes a locked room mystery as the weather cuts the 14 people at the lodge off from the outside world, and two days later, one of them is dead. Told between multiple timelines and perspectives helped keep me engaged throughout this novel, despite the fact that I was really not a fan of any of the characters. Honestly, this is a common issue I have with thrillers in general. They're very plot and ambiance-based, which is great, but usually comes at the expense of character development. As a reader, I tend to be very character-focused, and over the last few years of tracking my reading, I've noticed that the books that score lowest in character in my Kalpau rating usually end up scoring the lowest overall. Now, that being said, I did really enjoy the setting of this one, and listening to the audiobook for this was also a lot of fun, since I was getting a little slumpy halfway through the month. The audiobook is a fully narrated cast, so each chapter has a completely different narrator, and it just made it a really fun reading experience. So overall, The Hunting Party earned a 4.6 call pal rating, which equates to a 3 stars on a typical rating system. This book is written for an adult audience and is rated R for mature audiences as it does have some pretty explicit language and scenes as well as a large amount of drinking and drug use. Other content to be aware of includes murder because, duh, it's a thriller as well as a fair. So if those are not things you're interested in, then I don't recommend you pick up this book if you didn't already do so. Alright friends, we'll be right back with more of our discussion after we hear from our sponsor. Alright, let's jump into this book, shall we? So, technically, there are 12 main characters in this novel because it focuses on the lodge manager, the gameskeeper, and the friend group that is renting out the lodge. But officially, there are 14 people at the lodge since there's another couple staying as well. Now, that little nugget about the other couple drove me nuts throughout this whole book because I honestly thought they were going to play a much bigger role, but they really only ended up appearing like three times before we never saw them again which really seemed like a waste. I think Lucy Foley could have done a lot with them, but she chose not to for whatever reason. Despite such a large cast of characters, only a few of them were selected to have their points of view shared. 
So Heather, the lodge manager, whose chapter appear in present time. Doug, the gamekeepers, whose chapters are weirdly told in third person while everybody else is told in first. Emma, who is the new girl to the group and is desperate to make the trip amazing. And Miranda, who is the queen bee of the group, and Katie, who is Miranda's best friend of 10 years since their time at Oxford together. So I thought this was actually kind of clever on the author's part since it really tricks you into thinking that those five characters are going to be safe from whatever trauma is about to go down in the pages. And I was super suspect of all the other characters forever, but none of them really other than maybe Mark and Giles really stood out on the page. And even then, half the time I kept thinking that they were the exact same person because they just didn't have any personality, didn't pop off off the page. So this is my second Lucy Foley book. And I have discovered that she is not a character-driven writer. And that's fine. But honestly, by the first quarter of the book, I could not remember the friends' names, and the only characters I cared about in the slightest were Doug and Heather. I really wanted to know why Doug's chapters were always in third person, because it was super jarring, especially in audio, because it's only his chapters, no one else's. And I mean, thrillers tend to play with the idea of reliable or unreliable narrators, and I really can't say that these characters were reliable at all. They were all untrustworthy fools, in my opinion. Even Heather, who, for the most part, I thought was at least semi-transparent as a character. But turns out there was even some stuff that she was not sharing with us. Alright, friends. This is the part where I pause the recording and let you know that this podcast is dark and full of spoilers. So if you do not want to be spoiled for anything that comes up later in the hunting party, either because you haven't picked up the book yet or you haven't finished it yet and you want to, then I would suggest you stop the recording now and come back when you are done. In regards to the plot, I really think that Lucy Foley was attempting to go for kind of a murder on the Orient Express vibe with this book. For the majority of this novel, we do know that someone died, but we have no clue who it is. I feel like it was pretty obvious from the very beginning that it's going to be Miranda. Don't ask me why, just a gut feeling. Plus the way that Emma and Mark were so obsessed with her, along with the fact that she was extremely, extremely annoying to read, made me at least hope that she was the character that Doug found in the snow. The killer, on the other hand, took me a little bit longer to figure out. I'm sure that more experienced other readers would figure it out faster than I did because I really didn't understand who it was until Miranda did. Um, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to Emma's chapters, which of course is entirely my own fault. But it did make for a great reading experience because, honestly, I almost had to pull over my because I was so shook when it was revealed. When it comes to the red herrings, I didn't really catch any of them, honestly. I haven't really trained myself yet to figure them out. But I will say that I did not appreciate the use of Doug's PTSD being used as a red herring. Yes, weird stuff happens all the time, especially when you lose time with PTSD, the way Doug, Doug the, does, so it does reflect some terrible events that happen in real life, but honestly, I just, I feel like making the person with mental illness an automatic suspect is such an overdone trope. Maybe it's just me, maybe it was just the timing that this book came out, but I'm really glad that he wasn't actually the murderer, but still, really did not appreciate the insinuation. When it comes to themes and thrillers, I always feel like I struggle 
honestly, I just want to believe that it's a whodunit type of story. And maybe that's just because I really don't like looking deeper at thriller mystery novels for some reason. But I did really pick up on some intense themes of being seen and seeing others. Um, Miranda being beautiful and rich and popular is always seen, but really only on a surface level versus Emma, who is never seen. But Emma also doesn't really have her own personality or sense of self either, preferring to absorb the personality and looks of the people that she stalks. All right, my friends, this is a wrap for our first episode of the winter season of the Reading Guild podcast. I do hope you enjoyed our chat about the hunting party. And before we sign off, I'd love to leave you with some book recommendations of what to read next, aka our adventurous flight segment. So if you love The Hunting Party by Lucy Pulley, I'd suggest you check out The Last Mrs. Parish by Liv Constantine. This was one of our summer season titles, and if you're all for wolf in sheep's clothing and terrible characters, tropes that featured heavily in The Hunting Party, definitely check this one out. I will say there are some pretty heavy content warnings with this book, so please do your research and read at your own risk. Another one is obviously The Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. The character is a little bit more likable in this classic locked room thriller but definitely has still the cozy vibes that the hunting party had and takes place in a remote setting of a stop train. And then finally, I have Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. This is on my June TBR and is another remote location thriller focused on a group of characters with a murderer in their midst. Um, I don't know much about this one either. I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited to pick it up this summer. Um, I hope you had fun with our pick this month, and I will see you next month with To Love and To Loathe by Martha Waters. Supposedly, this is going to be a cute Regency-style romance. It's technically a second novel in the Regency Val series, but reviews all say that it works really well as a standalone. And there's a handful of reviews that are saying that readers might enjoy it more if they don't read the first book first. So I guess we will find out together over the month of February. And as a side note, if you're into bookish social media, I am creating a group over on the Fable app, which is supposed to be the place for social aspects of book clubs lately, and I would really like to try it together with you. As always, until next time, stay cozy.